Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. I came across this article a couple days ago in the website myspondylitisteam.com and I wanted to share it with everyone because I thought it had some good basics of information on how we all deal with this. This article was called Five Things to Know When Switching now, it's against his ankylosing spondylitis treatment. The course of AS, you know, as we all know, can be unpredictable. And what works for one person, you know, there's a fairly good chance it may not work to the same degree or better or worse for the other person. So it's really hard when you are trying to determine what type of treatment to start with, at least here in the United States, that's usually pushed by the insurance company you have. It's going to start you off with a Humira, an Embril, something like that. If you're in the biologic realms, there's the sulfazines, there's all sorts of different ways you can attack this condition depending on how the severity is that you're dealing with. One of the things that they looked at in this article was what are some of the treatment options for AS? Well, as we all know, AS is part of the axial spondyloarthritis umbrella term. It's an inflammatory arthritis that causes lower back pain, stiffness, neck pain, fatigue, fusion of bones in the lower back and pelvis. Realistically, it causes fusion of bones pretty much anywhere it wants to. doesn't have to be in your lower back and pelvis. My neck is in the process of fusing now, so but that's the last of it. Everything else is already fused. What are some of your options when you're dealing with it? Well, we all know there's physical therapy, you know, PT. That can be good for many, especially if you're in the earlier stages, if you've got little to no fusion. That PT can help you to keep moving and you can hopefully carry that over into outside of the doctor's office and continue to do that to slow progression and maybe even keep it at bay. But once you've pushed past the exercise, you've hopefully tried the diet, what are some of the medication options that you have? Well, there's always over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs what we call NSAIDs. And those are things like ibuprofen and naproxen. And there's also stronger prescription NSAIDs that are available as well. Then you have the conventional DMARDs. Those are going to be things like the sulfazines and the methotrexate. Then you're going to have the biologic DMARDs. Those are things that are going to be like your Embril and your Humira and, and all of those. They can be taken by injection or infusion. There's JAX inhibitors. Those are a new type of synthetic DMARD that are taken orally. So all of those are treatment options that you can look at that along with the prednisone, which has been around for years to be used, can help you with alleviating some pain and potentially some future damage. But why would someone switch treatments? Well, you know when you're taking a biologic like a Humira, an Embril, that it's not working. You can know that you used to get seven, eight, nine, ten days where you felt fairly decent, and now you're getting four, five, six days. You know, you can notice that it's your pain is creeping back faster. You notice that maybe the methotrexate isn't working as well, or a combination of the methotrexate and the biologics just isn't working, and it's time to try something different. In my case, I had some limited relief with things like Humira and Embril. They work for a little while, but they never worked long, you know, longer than six months, and they just faded off completely. I did try methotrexate for a while. I didn't care for it. That is a type of DMARD that will knock out your immune system, and I found myself, you know, getting sick, not a lot on it, but more than I was used to, where once I switched over to Cosentix and was taking that, I, I just 
haven't been sick. I get the eye infections. I'm dealing with the uveitis right now on me, and it's always a joy. You know, those are all different things that you can look at and decide, hey, this medication just not doing for me what I was hoping or what I was used to previously. I guess I need to talk to the doctor and see what are some other options, or am I just not noticing things correctly. So here are five things to consider carefully when you talk to your doctor about switching treatments. Number one, it may take time for your new treatment to start working. So unlike NSAIDs or corticosteroids, which may provide for quick relief of your symptoms, you know, such as pain, swelling, and stiffness for some people with AS, DMARDs can take longer to start working. With some drugs, it's important to be patient and have a clear understanding of when you start uh, getting relief from symptoms. And I see this quite a bit on forums online. People will say, I, I took my first you know, shot of Enbrel. Why am I not feeling better? Well, some people will take a shot or two and feel great. Others, it's going to take you five, six months maybe to feel some good effects of it. So that's where, again, be very, very careful as you start to ask other people. Don't set yourself up for, oh my gosh, it's been three shots and I don't feel better, so I got to move on to something different. You're setting yourself up for some disappointment. The other thing is, don't place all your hopes, if you can, on one medication. Look at it and say, hey, I'm going to try this medication. If it doesn't work, get rid of it. On to the next one. I see people, they put all their hopes in. They've been in pain for a long time, and it's very understandable. And They're, they're going to take the Humira. They're going to take the Embril, and that's going to fix everything that they're dealing with. And it doesn't, and you see them crushed. Well, there's no need to be. It's a disappointment. You've wasted some time, but it's not really wasted because you figured out that that medication doesn't work for you. It's on to the next one, and you're that much closer to hopefully finding something that works. So be very, very careful as you start to approach these drugs, not from a standpoint of the drug being dangerous, but from an emotional standpoint. Don't let yourself put too much into them that if they don't work, you're just putting yourself backwards in the steps to get a correct treatment plan. On top of that, like we said, in addition to the NSAIDs, there's also the DMARDs. The conventional DMARDs, they can often take several months to work. And again, with these conventional ones like methotrexate or sulfazine, it can take up to three months to feel the full benefits of that drug. Where with the biologics and the JAK inhibitors, those can take up to six months. So like I said, make sure that you're getting fully versed by your doctor so that they're telling you what to expect that it can take up to this, and then set appropriate expectations with yourself. Let the drug build up in your body. Let it start to do what it needs to do. If you've never had any type of treatment options before, there's a lot going on in your body that it needs to start to self-regulate itself and start to knock down the inflation, and that can take a while. Also, that if you have damage, that damage is never going to feel good. The biologics cannot reverse any damage that's done, so you have to be aware that any parts of your body that are damaged when you start those aren't going to feel good. You're going to continue to hurt from those in various ways. Number two, you'll need to know how a new medication will fit into your life. Well, with this, you know, you're looking at, say, if it's an IV fusion that you have to go to a clinic or if you're just taking a shot where it's under the skin or if it's just an oral tablet. Each of those has its own different options. And obviously, if you're having to go to get an infusion done, that's going to take more time than versus if you're just able to give yourself a shot at home. Each one of those is going to fit in differently versus just a, a pill. Hopefully, in the future, it'd be great if more and more of these medications became pill form. So, like we said before, and I've said in other episodes, the biologic drugs, they have to be injected. 
uh, depending on which treatment options you rheumatologist recommends, you may have some choice um, on how you take your medication. With some drugs, you may need to schedule appointments for clinical IV infusions, which will require travel and time. And you know, IV drugs may be taken less often. However, with other biologic drugs, you may have the choice between self-injection or in-clinic injection. Again, you have to go in and determine what's going to be beneficial for you as you work through these options with your doctor. The TNF, the tumor necrosis factor drugs, those block specific inflammatory proteins in the immune system as a class of biologic therapy that is usually used first for AS when switching to biologics. TNF alpha inhibitors include things like Embril, Humira, Symphony, Simsia, and Remicade. Some TNF inhibitors are taken by self-injection depending on the dose. Others are given as IV. So again, you have to work with your doctor as to what's most beneficial for you. I've seen people that they just absolutely will not give themselves a shot. You have to factor that in as well. If you're not going to do it and you don't have a, a partner that can do it, then you're going to have to go into the doctor's office to get that shot done. If some of those TNF inhibitors or things like Cosentix, which is an IL-17-8 inhibitor, if those don't work, you may be eligible to try some of these JAK inhibitors. These can be taken orally. There's things like Zelgens and Renovac. So both of those are potential options. Again, your doctor is going to work through the options with you and see which one works best as you move through the treatment options. But make sure that your doctor knows what your preference is and is aware of that. Not every treatment option will be flexible. So make sure, given the choice, some people may prefer the convenience of a self-injection at home. And well, the article goes on to state others might want a higher dose infusion in a clinical setting it means less frequent treatments. These are the details you can discuss with your healthcare professional it mentions. So obviously, once your doctor knows what your needs are, your wants, and then they can work with you to see what's going to be the best option. Number three, every medication has a risk of side effects, not a guarantee of side effects. And that's one thing I see many people ask on there is, well, what side effects? Well, the best answer is none. I can tell you from Cosentix, I didn't have any. Others have had a whole list of things happen. Everybody's going to be different. So asking what somebody's side effects are is really kind of a waste because until you take them, you don't know. Every medication, like I said, has a risk of side effects. And the side effects can occur with any drug, even over-the-counter medications. Even though AS medications have a risk of certain side effects, it doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed of getting those side effects. And I see many people make that mistake of thinking, okay, I need to know the side effects I'm going to experience. Well, you don't know that you're going to experience any of them. So I always say, make sure you know what they could potentially be. Make sure you're aware of them. But then try it, see what happens, and go forward. Every medication has some type of potential side effect to it. And you just have to make sure that you understand what those potentially are. Your doctor hopefully will explain all of them to you. Some are rare. Some are even questionable in the methodology used to originally determine them. But once that showed up years ago, the lawyers have written down all the potential side effects for medication, and they've stayed on there, even though the original studies to determine if they caused a side effect are, are questionable, if not wrong. Conventional DMARD side effects. Well, methotrexate is usually tolerated well by a lot of people, but it has a high risk of serious side effects that should be reported to your doctor. Those can be bleeding, bruising, rashes, severe fatigue, fever, dry cough, or shortness. And see, as soon as I tell you not to pay attention, I give you a list of things that... But again, you need to know. It doesn't mean you're going to experience any or all of these or some of them. You might experience none. Sulfazine is another well-tolerated medication by most people, which also shows some stomach problems and discoloration in the skin or urine, rash, bleeding. Just be aware of them. Biologic drug side effects 
can be different and those can be, oh, seem more severe. Everybody, again, is going to be affected differently. And there could be shortness of breath, itchiness or full body rash, swollen hands or ankles, sudden vision problems, even sudden numbness. So again, you have to make sure you're aware of these things, but it doesn't mean you're going to experience them. And then some side effects of JAK inhibitors, uh, which are the ones taken orally, can be nausea, diarrhea, headaches, high cholesterol, and upper respiratory infections. Again, talk with your doctor. They'll be able to work with you on what is potential likelihoods, what are their findings, and also they want to know if you experience anything, you need to call them as soon as possible. Another thing to understand is biologics by themselves are very expensive medications, and there's some programs out there to help with the costs. It can be very discerning when you get that first biologic and you see the receipt that shows that it's uh, $4,000, $3,000, whatever the amount is. Going, how am I ever going to pay that? Well, here in the United States, that's usually before insurance, so you're going to have to then start to work through what your options are. And in many cases, you can work with the drug companies and your your doctor should enroll you in any of those patient assistance programs. If they write you a prescription for Humira or Enbrel, they should also be enrolling you right in that program so that within a day or so of you getting home, you're getting a phone call from that patient advocacy program to say, here's what we're going to do, here's how we're going to help you, and here's what some of your options are. Hopefully your rheumatologist is up to date and real proactive with getting you enrolled in those. And you're going to want to work with them as you look at treatment options and you know switching from one to another to make sure that you're continuously being enrolled in the appropriate programs to help you out. And then finally, number five, switching medications can be stressful. You know, when you're going from one to another, you start the whole process of, well, am I going to have side effects? Is this going to help me? Especially if you're in that process where you're trying to find a biologic that will help you and you've never had one that has helped, or you've had one that you've been on for years that just suddenly stopped working, and you're now having to start that whole process over again of looking for one that works. That is all stressful. You want to make sure that you're working closely with your rheumatologist to try out the next one that they talk to you about, what's going to work. And remember that the beginning of each one, it can take up to six months. You've got to give your body time to react to it. It's really, you know, an unfortunate thing with this condition with axial arthritis is that there is no one size fits all for the treatment plan. And that's what I think makes it so hard for many is you can't sit there and go, hey, if you take this, this, and this, you'll be good. You'll start to regain some of your old life back. It doesn't work that way. You're going to have to just keep trial and error, trial and error over and over. And that's really can really play with your emotional self. So that's where you're going to want to make sure to use if you have uh, any type of therapy therapy, talk with your family, be very open with people as you're dealing with the emotional issues. Don't let it overwhelm you if you can at all help it and make sure to reach out through Facebook. There's a lot of great forums on there that you can reach out to help. Uh, There's professional help, whether it be through therapy or through a minister or whoever, whoever you can turn to to talk to. I encourage you to do that. With that, you know, make sure that you're working hard towards finding a treatment plan. Besides exercise and watching your diet, you can use any one of these options from biologics to NSAIDs to continue to promote a better quality of life. That's really what it boils down to, is just trying to develop that better quality of life and work towards keeping you from in the future where you have a bunch of fusion pain and your quality of life just goes off real fast. So with that, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Take out of this what you can, use it, start that treatment path if you haven't, and good luck to you, and we'll talk next week. Take care.